lot. I'm a lot. I'm a handful. Like, I'm a Capricorn. I'm an Earth sign. Ooh, yeah. I'm a Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know happy you're joining us again or for the first time just a quick reminder that I am not a licensed sex therapist or um, a licensed sex coach I am simply a person who is interested in creating space for us to explore our sensuality sexuality and eroticism through conversation and inquiry We have some notes and links at the end of the show for resources, and we invite guests with their own expertise and experiences. We welcome love and feedback, especially when it helps us to be more inclusive. Welcome to our show. So tonight we have a very illustrious um, and uh, dashing Mm, guest, if I might say so myself. (laughs) Right. Um, I would love to introduce um, Denzel Herrera Davis. Davis. Um, And Denzel is self-described as emotional as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Excited to be here. Um, And also you will learn about him is the founder of a wonderful um, organization that supports black men in the Bay Area called Create the Space. Um, And he is going to be on our show for tonight. Yay, welcome. We had a shout out to Keela already, but uh, we're settling in. Mm -hmm. And um, okay, so I was thinking about how you came to be a guest on the show. And I'm going to tell like multiple backstory tales like during this time because we've crossed paths in a a few interesting ways a few times. Yeah, I love it. I love a good backstory. Yes. So so I want to first tell people that... um, Usually when a guest comes on our show, what happens is, um, well, first of all, I like find them because I'm interested in the work they do (laughs) and I want to hear more about who they are and what brought them into doing the work that they do um, just to show how like you know, our own backstories lead us to serving in community with Mm -hmm. people or to the, to work that we're really passionate about. Um, and Denzel certainly has an amazing story. Um, but when I decide that people are going to be on the show, we have a phone call where, um, 
it's important to me to make sure when people come that they're just, they can be organic as fuck. And so I don't like to say like, Hey, I want to have you on so we can talk about this. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm drawn to you and I want to know more about who you are. And so we have this phone call to just kind of dig a little deeper into those questions. And when you and I had our phone call, we talked about so many different things. I know we were all over the place. We <laughs> right, but like when we whenever we talk it always gets so deep and we go so many different directions but they're all aligned. And I think one of the things I realized from stepping back from our conversation is a lot of what we were really talking about was intimacy. Mm-hmm. And I think at the heart of what I want to talk to you about tonight is intimacy and you know, how we find spaces where we can be vulnerable enough to explore in different ways and um, just also expanding our definition of what intimacy is and what it can look like. Um, And so, yeah, I think that will be our topic for tonight. Well, first of all, you're the hostess with the mostest. (laughs) awesome introduction i was like yo can we replay that because talk to me nicely that was dope um and the way you uh asked the question um i wish you could repeat it for me i want to write that down in terms of it's like you're so i'm intrigued by you and i would like to know more i'm like yo how often can i be approached like that that is so dope um so thank you for that um that welcome awesome Yeah, thank you. And I, you know, it's been interesting to pose that question to people because sometimes I think I have an idea of like what I want to talk about, but then the person comes back and I'm like, no, we're talking about that because one, they're so excited about it or like two, it's just so interesting that I'm like, you're blowing my mind. And I think a lot of what this podcast is about is exploration, inquiry, learning. And um, I want to always be like a learner myself. So like, teach me, but hmm. we gonna get into it. <laughs> so, before- and I love, I love that topic because you know, that's, that's what I do. Yes, I know. And I'm so excited to talk to you about it. So I wanted to first just like frame for folks just what intimacy is because I think so one of the things I've realized about doing this podcast is that there's a lot of words that we associate with intimacy that we assume that we have the same definitions Mm -hmm. for and sometimes the problem is that we're not all working from the same definition of something (laughs) so I want to actually like define intimacy um, for a moment for the purpose of what we're talking about tonight. So um, on dictionary.com, it says intimacy is defined as closeness, um, specifically closeness in friendship or familiarity. And then um, in further looking into this, there was a few other resources that said there are different types of intimacy. We often focus on sexual intimacy, but there's also emotional, intellectual, aesthetic, creative, recreational, Mm -hmm. work, crisis, commitment, conflict, communication, and spiritual intimacy. That part. Right. 
And then um, there's also a lot of different types of relationships that we experience intimacy in. I think people often think about romantic relationships, but there's familial friendship, even acquaintanceships, or even like if you're sharing space with someone for one time, there can be a level of intimacy that you share with that person. Um, And so I think you have such an interesting lens of intimacy in, in different types of relationships and in the different types of intimacy because of who you are and the work you do and how you came into doing the work. And I want to talk about that too. <laughs> but I wanted to start with asking you an intimate question. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not you like twirling your hair. I can't. I can't do with it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking to you like this probably like all night too. So it, it's just like it. I've done my research, I have my questions, yeah. I'm ready to go. Um so I would love to know from you, like the audience at home, I know you, right? Like we've, I don't know you well, but I, we've had a lot of deep conversations mm-hmm. with one another, which I will talk about that in a little bit too. But I, um, I wonder what do an audience at home, what do they need to know about you in order to listen um, with open hearts and open ears, um, what what are some things that they should know about you in order to receive um, the blessing of listening to you that uh, we're about to receive? Oh my goodness! I don't even. You set the stage so wonderfully. Holy shit! Yo, so the crazy shit is that as a black man, as a founder of Create the Space, with the work that we do, it's all about intimacy. Mm. And it's all about deconstructing the performative norm. And it's really about self-discovery and showing up as you are, right? Mm. And so, you know, when you pose these questions the way you pose them, it's like so refreshing because Mm. what we talk about is really like how how do we get a space to be held, heard, and felt? Mm, um mm-hmm. and then appreciated and and so you know i i really appreciate the way you you started by defining intimacy thank you because that yes so much of us we, as individuals we come from our wherever we come from mm-hmm. and that is uniquely ours mm-hmm. and so our ego our lens our perspective is uniquely ours and our definitions are uniquely ours mm-hmm. and so we have to start with a common ground and so mm-hmm. understanding what intimacy looks like is the first place mm-hmm. and so that definition was great and you talked about politics and art and creativity and all of these different aspects of intimacy and so w- what we talk about in in our space is how intimacy if we can redefine it collectively mm. to be something along the lines of to be wildly and passionately spontaneous mm. in in the moment whatever mm. the moment is right and so then and that encompasses all of it i can be intimate hold on i need you to run that back to me that definition to be wildly and passionately spontaneous in the moment that is fucking beautiful right that is how i want to live my life right and then it's like you think about it and it applies so much because if you the first place we go is sex right yeah. or, or, or physical contact and it's mm-hmm. like it, it applies right it's to be wildly in because you can have sex and not really be intimate <laughs> yes right yeah and but, to but then, be honest i think that's a lot of sex that's being had 
could fall into the category of not necessarily being intimate. For sure, right? And and then then and then you can have an experience that gives you something new and transcends your being. Right? Damn. I'm like getting a little turned on right now. And also <laughs> I'm sad at the same time. That duality is so fucking crazy. Right, oh right. man, I love you so much. All right. So 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 we talk about that frame of intimacy and then and then so much applies. You think about it so differently. It's like, okay, I can be intimate with myself, wildly and spontaneously passionate with myself. Oh, we gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you can get lost in that too, right? Right. And, and so, so, so that landscape is is how we set the foundation, and then we like, how do we apply ourselves in that? And then talking about being heard and held, right? And mm. so, if I can be wildly and passionately free and spontaneous with you, mm. then how do you respond and receive that freeness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, the idea of perhaps giving space to just be heard for one, without a response or a reaction, and then, and it's not always ideal but like asking permission consent yeah. like yeah do i have your permission to opine do mm. would you like me to share or just receive mm. how, how would you like to be hold, mm. held in this moment mm-hmm. I, I think so many of us are afraid to actually mm-hmm. ask the question because it's not sexy or it's you know, it's not intuitive mm-hmm. like i'm not reading your mind and it's mm-hmm. not like suave right? yeah yeah you know, but someone said something like that to me, and it and it was the person that I've been talking to you about offline. Okay. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I fell so deeply in love because it was such a self actualizing moment mm. of someone really seeing me that I was like, God damn, mm. like it was a profound like paradigm shift. Touched you in a way without even touching you, right? right? You know. And it's hard. It's like hard to do that, right? We talk about these new experiences are rare to come by. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be wild these days, right? Oh, but I wanted to ask you. Okay, so yes, and then what do you need to be held in this space for someone who's just listening to you on the other side of this? In this particular space? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's there's us, but there's an audience at home that is receiving you right now yeah but when I, so receive me please please and then and, and, and be curious right I, I think you know what when I say things when I put myself out there uh I, I'm a Capricorn and so I'm calculated I, you know my mm-hmm. risks are calculated mm-hmm. uh, and I say things because I believe in them mm-hmm. and so I believe in putting them out there for them to be challenged too just as much question me ask me what my thought process is why I feel this way Mm -hmm. because that's where the dialogue starts and even if it's about a difference right Mm. we understand that our contrast is what allows us to understand each other better Mm -hmm. so yeah be curious (sighs) hell yeah I love it oh my gosh oh I want to say so many things branching off of that but (laughs) Oh, we're going to be here. Let, what, what, shoot, we got, I got right, time. Right, I got time. Right. <laughs> right, we approaching time, too. We getting into segment number one now. <laughs> All right. So um, I feel like I know. Okay, so second backstory mm. coming to you mm. right now. Hot. The Let's first go. time that I met you was at um we did a little docu series together mm-hmm. which was the like fully um online version of talk it out yep. and it was 
um, three guys, three girls talking about things. And we just, first of all, that was so fucking fun. That was an amazing day. Like all of us just love the deep conversations. And like, like we didn't have enough time. No, we did not. No, we could have filmed. We could have filmed. It was like a three-part series, and we could have kept filming. <laughs> but um, it's interesting to meet someone like that because we had to jump so fully into depth. Like, wasn't no casual conversation. It was right. like, "Hi, nice to meet you," and tell me about your relationship <laughs> with your mom. And- <laughs> Right. I think I cried like three <laughs> questions in. It was yeah, so I real. Cried I cried. Yeah. 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 It was. We really <laughs> went in there deep. And I feel like I'm still thinking about some of the things we talked about um in in filming. Cause uh, again, a lot of it was intimacy related. A lot of it was connecting inner child things mm-hmm. to the way we are, how we navigate the world, etc. Um But what I really appreciated about you was your ability to talk about your feelings. Like, and I said this to you like offline, but like literally I have never met a man who is so able to discuss his feelings with so much nuance and preciseness at the same time. And I just... Like one, I want people to know that about you, and that's why. That's probably why you're here. But two, like, where does that come from? Yo, Who I, are you? I'm brown skin, but I am blushing right now. Shit, let me all on front street. I love my it. Bad. No, I love that. But um, where did that? How did you become? Like, where did you? How? It was like just. I love it. So, uh, okay, I'll share. I'll share an anecdote because the, the how is a great question. I want to okay. just say it comes from. So, my mother is Colombian. Uh, you know, so Spanish is a, a romantic language. Mm-hmm. So, my mother is she's fully red blooded Colombian. She's red haired, but she's black Colombian. So she's got passion. She's got fire, and she's mm-hmm. she's got anger. Like she had, she's managed all of that now. I <laughs> uh, love my mom. Um, but then my father's Jamaican, which is another like romantic Mm -hmm. kind of culture Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and so so there's that but i'll share this story with you um a couple of stories and i'll try to be quick one when i was young i was like i graduated i believe it was sixth grade and i went to a small private school my elementary teacher gave me a rose for graduation Mm -hmm. and it lasted maybe a week right and uh i started the petals started to fall and in, in my sentimentality i started crying uh, and my mom was like, oh, poor baby. We're going to hang it upside down and put it in a book so that we can preserve it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember like maybe three months later, like something happened and I knocked the book over and the rose fell and then shattered into a million pieces or whatever in my, my child mind, a million pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was crying, boohoo crying. I was like, oh my God. My mom was laughing at me. <laughs> my mom was laughing at me. She's like, my child is so sensitive. Uh <laughs> But at the same time, she was just like, my son, you know? Uh, And I was a poet and I was a writer and I was all of these things. And I was just so sentimental as a child. Mm. Like I was always sentimental. Like everything felt, I felt it, Mm. you know? And so I can't honestly say where it came from, but I know it's been with me ever since. And then Mm. growing up, that's kind of been like socialized out of me. Mm. Right? Where I gotta be toughing up and I've gotta, 
you know, hide my feelings and, mm. and all of these things. And so the work that I do now is really about reversing that trend because for so much of my life, like this is naturally who I've been, but I've been fighting against it. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've been fighting mm-hmm. against it. And so now what you're probably experiencing is me lashing out and just being like, yo, y'all going to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna hear me, but it's so interesting. And it never feels like that either. It just it it always feels like very refreshing, because it also like gives space for other people to like be that vulnerable in return. You know, I love that. I love that. Uh, Yeah, you know, thank you so much. Um, but you know, you talk about um, just being extremely vulnerable, um, and just the other day I was having a conversation with somebody and on the opposite side of the coin, they were like, yo, like, and I don't think it was meant to be a slight or anything offensive, but they were just like, yo, you're not like a, you're not like a manly man. And I was like, okay, so t- tell me more. I'm curious. I'm not hurt. I'm curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm curious too. We all kind of looking like. But it's like, but no, to your point, they were talking about, oh, but you know, you have so many feelings and emotions and it's like, mm. You know, for the longest, it I didn't realize like you could actually feel some of the things that you're describing to me because you're a man, and it's like, nah, but I'm like dismissing what you're saying because you're a man. Mm. I'm like, no, but like, yes. <laughs> I want to. Okay, so we're gonna talk about the work you do. That's the second segment, but I want to talk about you okay. a little bit okay. more. Okay. Um, and I would love like follow up to that is. Where do you think that the, those other like messages came from? The ones that are like, don't be like that. Like if that was your natural inclination, how did oh, that? Oh my goodness. Everywhere. Like in, in your social network, you know, it's like every guy that grows up with you has some influence that has been brought or put down upon them that they, they then socialize with you. And so if it's amongst your peers, it's like, oh, no, you got to be a pimp or you got to be a player. You got to, you know, can't show your emotions. I remember it being in, it was in high school. I was a a 10th grader. Mm. And this senior really, like, she kind of had me strung up because she, you know, she was cute. She was a cheerleader. She was popular or whatever. And I liked her and she liked me, but I, I, like, I was still, like, trying to, trying to chase her, you know? Mm. And like it got bad, and the homie was like, "Yo, dog, like, cause I w- I went to cap- caps, which was like canceling like counseling mm-hmm. services, cause I was like mm-hmm. emotional, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. he was like, "Yo, bro, like you gotta chill on that, like you can't show all that emotion, you can't let people hurt you like that, like you know, like." Mm-hmm. And so like getting it from your peers is like the most influential thing, mm-hmm. right? And then. And then, of course, the, the TV and, you know, how to be a player and all these movies. And then mm-hmm. it's like you learn from the archetypes that you see. And it's yeah. like all of these influences, but what the influence that we don't have. And, I, you know, I think, you know, before knowing what the topic was, I, I had an idea of talking about touch. And I think that falls yeah, within intimacy. Definitely. But it's like mm-hmm. so much of my life I've been socialized out of touch. Right. And so then that becomes like a taboo. Yeah. It's so crazy that you brought that up because I was trying to figure out how to get from where we were to that. Well, because I think one of the interesting things to me about um, when we started talking about touch, you actually started talking about your mom and your parents and Mm -hmm. then how how things uh, manifested or shifted like, you know, 
from the from mm-hmm. there i would i would love to it's not it's not a bridge necessarily but you brought it up so let's just yeah, go there yeah. just tell us a little bit about that and it's the same thing around talking about the socialization like latin household jamaican household like my father i recently found this out maybe three years ago two years ago he's got upwards of 18 kids and okay so yeah he's a typical jamaican <laughs> but then you know on the other hand i've got this latin household and so touch and familiarity and like romance and all of these things and like family is really like a a cultural inbred thing and and so the closeness there the familiarity like a latin household we touch we kiss we you know on the cheek all of these things we dance with our family like Mm -hmm. and so in in my upbringing touch was something that i was super familiarized Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. but then growing up i found so many myself in so many altercations because of the way I moved, right? When it, when it came to men, mm. either it was like I was too familiar with their friends or their the females around them, or I was too familiar with the men. It's like, yo, bro, I don't know you that well. How, why are you all in my space? Like, mm. I've had a dude try to fight me before because I, I touched him and he was, he didn't, you know. Really? Yeah. He's like, yo, I don't know you like that, nigga. Like, all this That's shit. That's crazy. And so I, I really had to be like, yo, I got to take a step back. Like, my family is not from this place. My mm-hmm. culture is not necessarily mm-hmm. from this place. And I'm finding myself in a lot of these adverse situations mm-hmm. because of my overt touch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of it, from the you know, other side of the perspective, it's like, oh, I'm flirtatious or I, I'm, you know, I want something or I'm not to be trusted because I'm so, like, touchy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a moment for me to plug polyamory, but I'm not going to do that. Listen, (laughs) listen, you know I'm curious. I'm just saying, if you like to touch and you like to cuddle, polyamory. Oh, don't get me on cuddling. I put it on my resume. Okay. It could be for you. Because honestly, being real with you, I feel like a lot of my relationships are just simply, we just need to be held. Mm. Like, mm. And we just want to hold each other. Can you like, say that again yeah. for those of us in the back? Right. Oh. It's, yeah. Like, I'm not having sex with that many people. I'm literally just like, I just want to hold you and maybe kiss you. Maybe. Yo, so real. <laughs> like, I, we talked about offline again during yeah. our, like this breakup situation. And like, yo, there was an experience where I actually, so I went out with somebody and I came home after this breakup situation. And I came home and I cried because mm. I was like, there was so much going on with giving myself permission to go out on a date mm. and, and experiencing sharing my time with somebody new mm. and then any kind of touch and all kinds of shit. Mm. Oh, and then it's just like, yo, yo, like we are in this place where we are constantly having to just give ourselves grace. Yeah. And we also need touch. Like it's literally... I feel like it's one of the basic human needs. Mm-hmm. It's like belonging. And, and it's like, so healing. Yeah, it's so healing. It's so healing for sure. And so so before we move on, like I experienced like this, which was weird for the opposite person, but like somebody took interest in me during my breakup period, mm. right? And, and then I was like, yo, the only thing I can offer you is like cuddling at this moment mm-hmm. because the only thing I really want from you is comfort. Yeah. And they really had to sit with that for a moment because it was just like, it was new for them 
for me to express myself yeah. in that way. And I then... would be so excited <laughs> if someone said that to me. Oh my God, I'd be like, you want to cuddle? <laughs> Let's pull up. I got pillows. I got ass. I got titties. What? You can Let lay your out. head. Jeez. You can lay your head here and here. What you doing tonight? I will rub your back. <laughs> I will three kiss of us. your forehead. You taking names? <laughs> I will wrap my thick ass thighs around oh, you Lord. and squeeze. Uh, I'd love to cuddle. <laughs> That's how you get me. That's how that. Mm. Anyway, um, I was going to actually add to what you're saying, please, because please. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a salsa dancer and a samba dancer. Okay. Fine. And now. yeah. And um, I've traveled like all around the world dancing. And I think sometimes what I've learned is people. So like, there's this thing that happens when dances are brought to like more Eurocentric cultures where they all of a sudden become like sexualized. So I started dancing bachata mm, and then, right. But if you go to the Dominican Republic, like people are literally learning to dance that with their grandmother and their auntie, right? you know? And then when you come here and you see it in ballrooms, people are like, grinding against each other and so i feel like there's this um there's a different there's almost a cultural difference with sensuality um in brazil as well like i like brazilian culture is is flirtatious but mm. not sexually flirtatious not lustful right? it's not lustful it's very playful and coy it's like and the carnival culture it's like from the outside looking in it's like yo that is lustful but no nobody's out there trying to it's ancestral. Like people have been doing it for generations in Brazil. And like, yeah, so I can, I can understand there, like there's cultural differences of mm, the way mm. that we view intimacy, the way we view touch, the way we view um, our relationships with our parents and family versus people outside. Um, and I, yeah, I can certainly see, like, for me, I grew up in a family that was not super physically affectionate. Mm. And I didn't know how much I needed that until I started being in romantic relationships with people. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I'm down to cuddle because hey. I and I cuddle my son all yeah. the fucking time. Like, I will just set aside like hours per day just for him to be cuddled up to me. Cause I needed that so bad when I was a kid, and I did not get that. I love, I love that because as somebody, as a proponent, like literally, I have to, I had to over the course of maybe four or five years, I want to say fight. Maybe it's not the right word, but like really impress upon the people that I was dating. Like, yo, like I'm the type of dude who doesn't always want to be the big spoon. Yeah, and and if you want to be intimate with me you also have to consider that okay mm -hmm. and it's it was it's it brings tension in some situations it's like wait a minute bro like i'm the woman in the situation it's mm -hmm. like yeah you can be the woman but at the same time as a man i like to be held sometimes yeah men need to be held so much like i, I and i'm not saying any more than any other person i'm just saying that we often just don't recognize how much men need to be held. And I found myself, I think, getting into relationships, romantic relationships with men and realizing that really that's all they need. 
And like, we don't even really need to be doing this. She's like, <laughs> you need therapy <laughs> and you need a blanket and you need my thighs. And like, we don't need to be having sex right now. <laughs> Yes. And, and, and honestly, you don't need me to be your therapist. You need like legit like a therapist to talk to. And I don't say that in a shady way. No, no, no. I say so that real. in, in a, a real very way, loving like, way. Yes. Like I'm not the, yeah, I can't be the person you unload all your burdens. Exactly. To, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and yeah, for sure. I'm curious because I feel like this is starting to sort of get into the work that you do, but I don't want to leave you just yet. I want to... Don't I, leave me. Don't leave yeah, me. Don't I got abandonment issues. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to leave you. I want to talk about you. Um. So one of the other things we talked about offline is just that um, you talked a little bit about archetypes uh, and like fitting into those. And that's something I'm always interested in because there are... There's archetypes of femininity, masculinity, and there's also cultural scripts mm. that are associated with interacting with those archetypes. And I feel like as an earth sign and just like loving structure and framework, it's like, wow, like we really be looking at like, this is how you navigate the world. For and sure. so you, um, it's yeah, way, it's <laughs> right. a way to this <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> a way in a life. Um, but we talked about how, when you were younger, there was this idea that you would grow, that you were going to like grow up and be this like suave. Well, first of all, hold on. Before I get into that, I want to say, because people can't see you. This is a podcast, but I am sitting in front of a very like chocolate, beautiful, <laughs> tall man <laughs> who is like equally as handsome as he is intellectual oh God, <laughs> this is why i love y'all right, right rihanna is shaking her head <laughs> in the background and sending hearts <laughs> but like yeah no like you're you're a very captivating person um and you were talking about how there was this idea like you were kind of being trained to believe that you would be this suave like fuck like yeah. i don't want to call it a fuck boy because you didn't no, necessarily, call it that for sure you didn't necessarily use those words but if you consent then no 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 i agree at some point <laughs> that you know but i didn't actually learn the terminology until i came here to california and then mm. started interacting with the youth again <laughs> And but, somebody uh, had to tell some, you about some, yourself. <laughs> like, yo, you know what you is. Right, right. I call I call my daddy um a thundercat. That's the old school like fuck boy. <laughs> he a thundercat. Oh, I love it. But but the thing about me is like I take these things to heart and seriously, and like the guy's the cancer in me. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do some research. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm gonna go figure this out, and and the term actually brought me so much clarity. Mm. It really did because the way I understood it was just like, at least the way I interpreted it, really for me, for myself, for my unique experience, was that for so much like I, I led with bravado, aka ego, mm. right? Yeah. In my in my twenties, I was bravado, mm -hmm. and I was so confident in what I could do that I ignored what I didn't know about myself. Mm. And so even in my, call it innocence, right? Like naivete, like mm. I would convince other people of how confident I was, mm. but I was leading people astray because mm. I didn't know myself. 
Damn, you sound like my ex boyfriend. Uh, anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, are you saying that we, he was a fuck boy? Uh, no, but, uh, I'm <laughs> no, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying the the youth, the naivete, the the, the there's an arrogance. Yeah, from- and and also Capricorn, right? It's yeah. like so. I'm like, yo, I got my shit. And you ain't got to worry about me. Don't question my shit. Yeah. Like, my shit is tight. Yeah. P's, Q's, all of it. Yeah. Right? But at the time, it was also like, no, I only knew what I knew at the time. And it was really a bravado that I was saying I knew more than I knew. And because of that, I had people believing in me and when they shouldn't have. Mm. Or, or maybe they, you know, whatever the situation. Mm. But I wasn't truly forthcoming about my own insecurities. Mm. Right? And it took me until I was perhaps 33 to really mm. own, face those mm. things about myself and to be like, you know what? Okay, I've heard this term and I think it applies. Maybe I was a fuckboy. Really? Hold <laughs> on. Let's get into it. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me pull my wig back. <laughs> oh, shit. I love y'all. Let me pull it back. Hold up. What was you doing? Because, And to be clear, like I very much feel like I was a fuck girl before Mm -hmm. I had to work on myself and I've already explained my journey but what what about the term for you was like okay maybe just well I couldn't accept the term until I went through my I want to call it a crisis Saturn's return my Jesus year whatever you want to call it 33 yeah 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 yeah. and so everything at that point came to a crashing halt and excuse me prior to that I had an an adverse incident call it that it's that's the technical way of saying an adverse experience um but no I was brought to my fucking knees Okay, because up until... Can I just ask, was it like in a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I was in my life, like you talk about, you know, you talked about my upbringing and everybody, we didn't get into it, but basically like I was always told I was going to be a heartbreaker. I was going to be so successful. I was going to be, you know, because I was so good looking, like everything was going to come my way, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. And I really kind of took a a disliking to the way people approach me because, you know, it's like, oh, you're pretty, so things are going to be easy for you kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but um, through, throughout my experience, I, I really kind of, uh, kind of fought that duality but ended up trying to be so confident in myself about who I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, y'all not going to tell me who I was. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to be great at it. Mm-hmm. And y'all going to believe me. Y'all going to follow me and I'm going to get straight A's and I'm going to do all these things. Mm-hmm. But I was really trying to march by other people's drums because I was really listening to the feedback and the social criticism and being like, okay, y'all don't like that shit. Y'all going to see me because I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Like, you talk about being smart. Like, yeah, I, I'm smart. Um, And, you know, I really approach things with humility, but at the same time, I am one of the smartest people I know. I say that in jest, but it's also true. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, But I don't have to say it out loud because I I walk with that. Mm. But in also, and in these moments, it was like, that was a false bravado, Mm. right? When I was younger, before I had really, they say, they talk about to ascend into manhood, you have to descend. Mm. Right? You have to go through- Who's they? Who's talking? These motherfuckers be talking. (laughs) They be on it. Because I want to know, okay? I'm about to 
have my divine masculine journey. Honestly, that's honestly what I'm manifesting right now. I'm trying to, you know, just get in touch with every side of myself. Yeah. So I need to know who they, they is. is. I'm going to go contact them to make sure I can disclose who they is. Okay. And then dude. I'm going to say tell you well, who they is. But they cheap. do say this, like the descent, right? It's like mm. in order to ascend, to truly know ascension, to truly know value, to truly know worth, you have to also descend, right? Because if you start with receiving everything mm -hmm. and you just go up from there, you will actually never know the value of what you receive. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, okay, then having something and then having to go through a descent where everything is stripped away from you, where your relationships are crumbling and you feel the pain of this, you know, deceit and deception. And, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but the idea of having something and then knowing what it's like to not have it. Yeah. Right. And then that gives you, what it takes to the gumption to persevere through challenge and to be like, oh, you know what? I can stick through something. I can commit to something and then see myself to the other side. And so as a man, that is critical, mm -hmm. right? Because if you don't know that triumph, then you just succumb to failure, mm -hmm. right? And if you don't know that triumph, then you don't know what it's like to actually deny yourself something to persevere, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And then so instead of denying yourself things, you just go through the path of least resistance and you're just like, oh, I want that or I want this because it's easy instead of because I'm capable of doing it and I deserve better. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, hell yeah, that makes sense. I'm like over here taking notes in my mind, like, damn, I need to make a checklist so I can get all <laughs> my shit done. Like, shit, I didn't know I needed this motivation in my life. I'm like... Goddamn. Yo, I wish I'm this shit was on shit camera the because the way you flicking this hair right now. <laughs> it's so extra. I don't know what's going on. I call this, I'm calling this one Denise. And she's so extra. I love it. I love it. We are having a party up in here. We really are. But wait, I have a question. Okay, so this is kind of like also going back to the offline thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I want it and uh, I'm struggling because, like, we could literally probably talk about this for 30 minutes, but I want to, I, I really want to get into the community work that you do. But something we talked about was um, self-touch. Mm. And you and I both <laughs> came into self-touch, and, and I'm just going to say it, I, I didn't start masturbating until I was, like, 28 years old right and i didn't just have, neglecting ours right i didn't have any sexual relationship with myself until then and <laughs> i'm like how could i even have ever told anyone what to do when i didn't even know what to do with myself but yeah we had a really interesting conversation about self pleasure self-touch yeah, yeah. and i i would love to hear a little bit about your uh journey Oh my goodness! Like I, to be to be real, I feel like I'm just now trying to bust through the gates. Mm. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's such an interesting. <laughs> <metaphor>. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about self pleasure because it's like <laughs> I'm really trying to come out here. You know what I mean? Uh, oh my no, god! But like for so long, like I think about my my experience with it, and you know, this was the conversation we shared that like. The upbringing was just so against self 
self-pleasure and self-exploration, self-touch. It was like you got made fun of if you didn't, if you didn't have a girl to take care of your needs, or if you touched yourself, or you know, if you go to the bathroom and shake too many times, you're masturbating and it's gay. It's like, yo, you know, it, it, the socialization was it's crazy. crazy. Where do these arbitrary like things like I I really want to know where these things like come from because they're also so real. Yeah, they there are. It's like it smacks you in the forehead, and you'd be like, "Yo, I gotta, I gotta be careful of this shit. Like, I can't, I can't uh, shake three, four times because right. I might walk out of here homosexual." Right. And not that that's right. a bad thing, but at the same time, it's like not what I intended, and yeah. I accidentally did that shit by shaking too many times, yeah. and that's ridiculous. Yeah, right. And so, is. and it's like as a youth, you don't, re you're not really conscious of all of the things that really don't matter mm -hmm. because socially everything matters. Everything seems to matter. Yeah, everything yeah. matters, and so that's the beginning of how we were socialized. Mm -hmm. I was socialized about it, and then and then the experience around everybody's unique experience, right? But but like personally, I've had a lot of manipulative situations. I've been um, I've been molested before, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. not not by a man, but actually by a woman. Mm -hmm. I, I've had what. I'm actually questioning why me might be a molestation by a man, but like not never touched my private mm -hmm. parts, but made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like even to this day, I'm like, I don't know what that situation was. Yeah. And so some of these things really kind of they, they really last. Yeah. You know. Definitely. And they all play into what touch looks like for me now. Mm. And I'm just now starting to vocalize and empower myself and be like, you know what? It's actually not a bad thing to touch myself. Yeah. Like I need to practice what it is to know what my pleasure zones are. Yeah. So that I can communicate them and experience what I actually want to experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's so interesting too because, you know, uh, you're the first guy that I'm having like on the podcast. Oh, word. Yeah, you are. And um, <clears throat> I think in the, I've chosen to do this and to talk about sex from a vulva like focused lens because yeah. we're often neglected um and not necessarily experiencing um there's an orgasm gap let's mm, just mm. put it that let's just heard. say it plain and simple breaking I've, news i've heard this there is an orgasm <laughs> an orgasm gap and i was trying to figure out how to fill it for myself and i'm just trying to pass along the gospel okay got you but i think that um now that i'm getting deeper into this work i'm thinking more because i do have a lot of male listeners mm -hmm. who um not are not just listening because they want to know about a like a woman's perspective. They're mm -hmm. also listening because they're learning about their sensuality yeah. versus their sexuality and what intimacy looks like for them. And at one of the conversations, you and I led a conversation about sex mm -hmm. like last year. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys said something that like transformed me. And that was that we were talking about consent and he was saying that, um, he realized for him, he had to deconstruct what consent meant because for so long he was taught that whenever you get an opportunity to do something, you just do it. Right. And he was like, whoa, I actually don't know if I'm a consenting party of this mm -hmm. because this belief has been so ingrained, ingrained. in me. Yeah. And um, I just found that to be so 
profound and and just interesting but yeah i i i find i'm finding that when it relates to orgasms ejaculation sexual pleasure men are often overrepresented in the research but when it comes to intimacy and connection and vulnerability they're often under mm. under um resourced in that like research and um that's research that's not even public opinion right. that's not social media them's facts right that's not the bathroom <laughs> in your local middle school where you get roasted if you do the wrong thing so i feel like there's this um pressure on men from a very very early age that is not necessary well women feel pressure but it's different um for sure, for sure. and yeah i'm even thinking of some of my friends who like <laughs> 11 12 years old would say that they had like had sex with a woman who was 16 and yeah, i'm like sure. how yeah and yeah. we don't talk about those we really don't talk about those like kind of experiences that people have we don't we don't talk about the aunts and uncles in the family who look at their nieces and nephews with you know a, a, an unhealthy eye you know and the impact that it has too for sure yeah. for sure a ripple effect yeah. um and and then and then we carry those out into the world with us ashamed to talk about them or not not even knowing that that something wrong was done to us because yeah. we've been conditioned yeah. right i'm not complicit in this in this situation like this was cast upon me and i've assumed the role but i wasn't complicit in any of it yeah i'm going through a season of like looking back on experiences and naming them what they are mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's forced me to label things that have happened as molestation mm -hmm. as grooming as mm -hmm. um emotional abuse um and i think that there can also be dissonance as i think especially for like black children i think from what i've what i oh. yeah what i've heard from my friends and also just working in schools where um, we are heavily dissuaded to talk about things and to call them what they are. And um, yeah, it takes a lot of healing work to be able to experience pleasure. And we don't always talk about that heaviness either. Mache, I was just having this conversation the other day, but like even blessings carry weight, right? And so we think about all the things in life that we love, but we don't think about them in terms of the space we need to make for them because they happen and we enjoy them and we get carried away in the bliss of it all. But actually those things carry just as much weight, right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to be conscious of those things too. Um, sidebar. <laughs> No, that wasn't a sidebar at all. That was actually right on par. But I am going to go to segment two, um, <coughs> which is about community. Yeah. Um, Wait, actually, can we can we talk about Touch a little bit more? Yeah, for sure. Let's just a little bit, because yeah. she just walked in the room and inspired yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, um, inspiration. <laughs> 
So, yeah. so, so, like, you know, and and this is all philosophical stuff. So people oh, can feel people can feel free to disagree with me if you want. But I, I really think like when it comes to and and I do work with men. So you know, forgive me if the lens is through the male's perspective, but you know that's who I am. Um, that when it comes to the voice, right, and 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 it comes to touch, those things are very parallel. Mm. And oftentimes, what I've experienced is that because men have not really exercised the muscle of understanding their voice, associating those with expressing their feelings, then the touch also then becomes something that's muted and un misunderstood, mm. right? And so you oftentimes see like there are a lot of elder gentlemen who might have been molested or have had, had these adverse experience, rape and some of these other things, but they don't, have, they have never addressed them. They have never been, you know, um, they never really healed from them outside of time. And then they go, they go through working through their own challenges, but also trying to help other people express themselves or not go through whatever and do it. But then they're perpetuating some of the things because they don't, they haven't dealt with them. Right. And so then we, I, what we find is that we pass on a lot of our own traumas around inability to touch masculine, hyper-masculinity, um, you know, the voicelessness. And I think the combination of these things really leaves men debilitated because we don't know our, we don't know ourselves. We don't know how to express what we feel and what we want. Mm -hmm. And then in those times where we don't get it, we don't know really how to communicate and uh, gracefully. Because all we can do is talk through anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then it's like sometimes we're rewarded for that anger because we want a masculine man who can beat the pussy up, who can, you know, really calm me down and do all of these things. And it's like, okay. But then how do, where am I rewarded for being the, the gentle and the caring and the, the needy person who likes to be cuddled? Mm. <laughs> Where? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 no, I mean, but it's a great question because you find it, right? Like you find bits and pieces of it, which has me going back to the polyamory thing. Yeah. Right. Because it's like I've explored things and I've I've shared new things and new experiences with people and been like, oh, but even in that feeling of elation through that new experience that you brought me to, I still don't get some of these other things. Mm -hmm. So then should I just be satisfied with that? And should I go somewhere else for the rest of it? Should I just find it within myself? Mm. Like these are the places that I find myself being ushered into as we find all of these things changing around us. I'm like, that's what I'm dealing with right now. Just write them questions down and <laughs> <laughs> let me go reflect in my journal. Cause <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in, I think that, um, <clears throat> There can be a narrative of like, uh, just like figure it out for yourself. Like mm -hmm. you can, you can give you everything you need, but mm -hmm. like humans are just social beings and we actually really need to belong to each other. That's like the most important reason why we're here is to belong to each other. And I just feel like everything in life is is a distraction from that and <sighs> right Church, and like at the end of the day that's why intimacy is so important because it helps us understand how to belong to each other 
And that's the most profound thing that mm. we do while that's, we're here. That's a word right there. And a great word because it segues back to community. Hey, look at that. <laughs> we got our way here. Speaking of community and belonging. <laughs> the tequila talking. Hey, what, what we smoke? Cookies, the cookies is talking. Oh, yeah, goodness. Yeah. All right. So I think I was trying to figure out the perfect question to like start this part with, but I think it's actually more, I want to paint a picture. Mm, I like that. Okay. Art. Art. Okay. Mm. So imagine walking into a, a beautiful home. And being greeted by smiling faces of black men who are super curious about you and what brought you there, ready to feed you, mm, um, also ready to smoke you out hey. if you're into that kind of thing. And then um, things, you mix and mingle, things settle down, and then we're in a space where people are sitting on pillow cushions and sofa chairs and hugged up to each other and dapping each other up, hugging each other as they sit down. Um, and a conversation begins where uh, men are sharing their feelings with everyone and moving you to laughter, to tears, um, to better places of deeper understanding. And I would say like that was my initial experience at Create the Space. Oh my Lord, I just felt like you just took me through a meditation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is blissful. Like, I love this. Yeah, that was <sighs> your space, boo. That's, yeah. That is what you built. Testimony, Lord. <laughs> can I, I will take that, Yeah, I, I can't snap, but I say blessings. <laughs> thank awesome, you. thank you. No, thank you. That is amazing. And I, and I love that that is the perspective and the feeling that people get when they they come to our spaces um i've been telling my husband you need to get up in there you thank need you. to please, go please tell him tell him tell him and then told him again also, okay not to like it's not a, like a it's not a dating space but just just wonderful human beings there like as a woman going there and I brought my child as well to like one of the events. I just felt like healed being there. You know, just there was just such wonderful, dynamic human beings who, um, I don't know, the way that y'all communicate with one another, the brotherhood that is there. I just feel like it is, it is a, an experience. It's really an experience. You know, I, I love that, and I and I, I really appreciate that coming from you because I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I, you know, when it comes to building community and the work that we're doing with the men and create the space, like I, I, th I think I've looked at the differences between men and women in our circumstance, and what I've realized about Black women is, you, 
you know, I'll put you in there. <laughs> y'all cannot fuck with somebody and still fuck with them. Like, yo, mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with her like that, but she's a black woman and she's doing her thing, so I'm going to support her. Mm-hmm. And I see that. I'd be like, yo, but you just got done talking shit about her. <laughs> like, but she's a black woman, so I'm going to support her to, to her highest potential. Mm-hmm. Right? And I commend that because it's a collectiveness. It's a community. It's like there's an unspoken word and bound there, right? It's like I'm a black woman before anything else, and I will uplift. I will uplift my sister, and I. And that research has led me to to really trying to pr- promote that within the space that we that we have. Why am I about to cry? <laughs> oh my god, that's so beautiful. Yes, yes. I did not know. I did not know that part of the journey. I, ah. Uh. That just makes it even more For endearing. Because sure. honestly, I think that's that's also why the space is so dynamic. Because um, I feel like growing up, my guy friends had that with one another. But it was because we all grew up together mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. so many years. We were from the same neighborhood. We experienced a lot of the same trauma. And they had that. But like... They've held on to each other because of that as well and haven't necessarily grown into those adult male friendships. Um, And yeah, like I feel that in your space. Yeah, and I appreciate that recognition because we don't, as black men, like we're not practiced in having that real reflection and that feedback loop. Like many of us don't have fathers in our lives. Many of us don't have complete households to really reflect from. And so we get a lot of our understanding from the streets or from our boys or from the football team or from the barbershop or all of these other places which are fragmented, right? And then we kind of learn a way of moving that really is very independent. And, you know, my boys, whoever we are, we roll together and we don't fuck with anybody else. And it's like, even that is, as much of it is a group, it's still very separatist. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just taking that example of like, I don't have to know you as a black woman, I don't have to like you as a black woman, but just for the fact that I see you as a black woman, mm-hmm. I'm going to support you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's that's loving through the pain, what mm-hmm. we were talking about. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to go above beyond what you feel your ego tells mm-hmm. you, but then you got to extend yourself beyond what you know to do something greater than what you've done. I Yes, I think um, you will also hear me say that I believe women are smarter than men. (laughs) Um, And I believe that women are queens and there are the producers of life in all fashions, not just, you know, babies, but like the energy that they produce sustains life. Mm. And so, you know. Come catch me. You think I'm I'm wrong on that? I'm really I'm willing to see you on it. Come on, come check. <laughs> Has me. anyone ever called you on that? I, I you know I I think uh, you know in the space that I'm in I get you I'm know, like who are they and where do I find them? No, <laughs> you know I I talk to people about this all the time and I think they're you know for some perspectives like there are men who are just like man you bugging like mm. you know and then there are other per, you know typically the older gentlemen who have lived life who have been like yeah. <laughs> I feel like the older men get, they start to realize this. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, And then, then they're on the women's side of things. They're just like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know you really held women in that light. Like, it's, yeah. I will say to, um, I think one of my own relationship healing patterns has been realizing that 
because I've been so taught to believe that men know what's going on or like they have a plan and just to realize that they literally <laughs> don't and they're just figuring shit out has made me be like, oh, boo-boo. No, we not doing that. <laughs> right, we not doing that. Been there, done that. No, thank you. But yeah, I just, the pressure. I wanted to, I was going to ask you a follow-up, which was about um, coming back to vulnerability because we talked about that. Um, so... There was a time that I got to attend a conversation and one of the gentlemen said that um, before he went to create the space, he thought that like being strong as a man looked like pounding your chest and like taking care of shit and not talking about your feelings, but just, you know, moving, just moving through life and taking care of what you got to take care of and that when he went to create the space, he learned that true strength was vulnerability. And um, I won't share his story, but I wanted to know, does that like resonate with you? And, and, or like, what do you, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It resonates. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and I think it, it really means a lot. Um, in different spaces and in different encounters that you have throughout life um, because in so many places we're asked to be archetypical right we're asked to carry things we're asked to hammer things we're asked to build things we're asked to protect we're asked to perform we're asked to you know all of these things um, <clears throat> and I think um when it comes to r really expressing yourself we're never really asked for that uh, we're not really asked to, you know, be an equal in terms of what you want and what you feel. Mm. And and the exercise in really building that muscle has fallen short. Um, so wait, before I go off on a tangent, remind me of the question again. Um, it was about the strength looking like vulnerability yeah. versus <clears throat> like hyper masculinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and in so many experiences, it's like, the strength really has to be found within like you you know we talk about and we haven't talked about it here but i you know everybody probably talks about god in some form or fashion mm -hmm. and we talk about you know whether god is within or without and i think you know in this instance we're talking about strength um and so often we have to play into a role of what strength should look like right and that that then becomes weakness Right. By definition, because you're playing to you're catering to the will of others in the expectation of what strength looks like, you are thereby defined as weak mm. because you don't have your own strength to define it for yourself. Mm. Right. So it's a double edged sword because it's like either you are strong by societal definition or you're weak by societal definition. And then you have to figure out strength on your own outside of societal definition. That binary is like the either or of it all too. Like there ain't no gray areas. Like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, then damn. and then you know we talked about this descent into manhood, mm -hmm. right? Like people think, oh, manhood is an ascent, right? Like I gotta, I grow into men. I grow strong. I grow a big dick. I grow all these things. I grow powerful. I grow money. I grow finance. But the truth is, you know, I really believe that manhood is a descent. Mm. It starts with a descent into really understanding what it's like to be hurt, what it's like to be 
um, without, mm-hmm. what it's like to be alone before you can actually be strong in what it's like to provide for somebody else, what it's like to be there and, and complicit and committed to somebody else, what it's like to have somebody else rely on you, right? The responsibility, the responsibility of, of yeah. all of it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. that's emotional care and tending that you need as well. Uh, absolutely. And then, uh, and then because we don't really have the reflections being like, yo, brother, that is super strong. We don't really have a good definition by which to understand our own strength. Right. And it's like we we hinge our strength on other people's opinions. Mm. My woman thinks I can beat it up in bed. So I'm strong. Mm. My job thinks that I can you know, deliver at any time and any at, at, at any request. And so I'm strong. Mm. You know, my child doesn't see me cry. So I'm strong. Mm. And it's always an external measure of how I'm able to show up that makes me strong. Mm-hmm. But in reality, the truth is all of those things that we hide, that we're afraid to share, that hurt when we actually vulnerably open up, it's saying those things, it's doing those things, just creating the space for yourself to actually be naked that actually is takes strength, you know, and then practicing those things. It's like it, you have to practice being kind of soft and being weak to actually know what strength is. Mm-hmm. I want to also talk about and I think actually this is like a segue but we talked we're talking about intimacy Mm -hmm. and what are some of the barriers to intimacy that you think um men specifically black men like deal with oh man let's start by saying money power respect is what you need in life Mm. like yo anything that are you blaming hip-hop no Is it hip hop? Cause hip hop raised me. Hip hop. I also fell in love with hip hop. Right. Um, yeah, but no, nah, it's like everything that then hip hop glorifies, right? Yeah. Um, but those are the constructs by which we know success, money, power, and respect. And so, as Black people, we're good at coming out of the gutter to, to find triumph. Mm-hmm. And within the societal norm that we're in, triumph looks like a, cer- a certain thing. And we aren't going to be held from that. So the gold teeth, the cars, the money, the records, the like all these things are like, yo, we're coming out of the mud and we're triumphant. And we're going to show you that. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I never condemn us as a people mm-hmm. for like trying to be boisterous and trying to have and trying mm-hmm. to show like, because we come up out of the mud, right? Mm. You got to wash yourself off and shine a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I love that about about us. Um, but I also think that like we find we find so much of our time and attention going to things that are outside of us that we don't actually get to focus on the true. You know, I'm looking at this plant over here, the love, mm-hmm. right? And and I I was it wasn't even an argument I was having this discussion with somebody and somebody was telling me I mean like love yo love be fucking shit up man like love be fucking shit up like it gets in the way of your job it gets in the way of other relationships it gets in <laughs> it the way it sounds a little toxic I'm not and I was like <laughs> I said I said yeah you know I get how a lot of people feel that way but at the same time what if the perspective was that all the other things be fucking up love right that part. I mean, we talked about belonging. Let's talk about like literally nothing is more important. Right. Let's talk about it. So 
you know that little job you got they not they not gonna hold you at night <laughs> hold up don't talk about me like that my job ain't little okay you know what i mean like okay. but i'm just saying like <laughs> n- but i think that um d- again distraction yes absolutely and i think that that's where we get into talking about like systems and the way systems are set up set up and capitalism and patriarchy patriarchy and racism Mm. and it's like even like navigating all of that to be a liberated person who has the capacity to be so focused on love that you can show up in the most loving ways is so difficult Mm in the world that we live in. And that's why I think empathy is so important because sometimes we, we definitely don't give ourselves intimacy. I mean, um, empathy. So it's even harder for us to give that to other people. And so often that's what we need. Right. But 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 and and you're right you're right and uh, you know a close friend of mine always says this you can't see what you can't what you you can't you can't be what you can't see excuse me and 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 what that means is in the sense of like if you don't have a good example of what's possible it becomes harder not impossible but it does become harder to emulate and to exact those things into your own reality mm-hmm. because it you have to incept it for yourself which is we're mm-hmm. gods we're beings we can do this. And and if we didn't have the limitations placed upon us on these all external measures, then we would be doing these things. But you know what I'm just now realizing is so powerful about the space is that you're giving men an opportunity to model that, to be that, to see it, to do it, not with women in intimate relationships, but with each other. Gosh, hey. I be nigga. I be, I be trying to tell these because every every team meeting, every pro, program we have, it like people they be hitting me like, yo, when are we gonna get the women up in here? How can we collaborate? What can we do? <laughs> That's and, why I said it's not a dating space, but we're yo, ready to come. Dating, <laughs> like they want to have date night. They want to have speed dating. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna tell you like this right now, my niggas. I am not getting behind any work that has to do with trying to hook up because our work starts and stops with self. And what you do beyond that and carry through forward from beyond that is your prerogative and is great, right? Mm. You can say that with proud chest that you've been doing your self work. Mm. And then you can bring somebody back to the community and share that with us, Mm. right? But we're not going to bow here and be like, yo, you're healed, so go find somebody. And we found you a match. Like, that's not what it is. <laughs> I have to ask you a tough question before I get to my last please, question please. of this segment. Because um, I feel like <laughs> this came up when we did the little docu thing. And I feel like this is, like, often a thing for women. But, like, <clears throat> we talked about systems a little bit. And patriarchy is, like, a real thing. And... Um, black men benefit from patriarchy. And that is also not something that we always talk about. But what does, like, accountability, like, in friendship, in in intimacy, or, like, what what does that word mean? What does it look like? I'm interested because we had 
this conversation like at length and I know that you have an interesting um, perspective, but like, how does that intersect with the work of vulnerability and yeah. Oh man. Uh, great, great, great topic. So quick question. Um, I, I'll start with the statement that I meet no one but me. Mm. And that's something that it's a quote that we use in our classes and some of our programs because it really speaks to the idea that you my you are my reflection, right? Like you are my brother, you are my sister. And so as it goes, like the empathy that I have for you is the empathy that I have from myself. Mm. And so if I can't see myself in you, then there's something that I'm denying about myself in this situation. Right. And so thereby I don't have the empathy for myself to extend that empathy to you. Um, and so I, I think that premise is really kind of how we really just revolve the idea that accountability starts with knowing that everything we do affects the greater good. Right. Mm. Because you're just a reflection of me. And so if I cheat on you, it's really just a reflection of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you, I didn't do this to you. I did this to myself because now I'm holding the guilt and I'm holding the, all the things and I hold the, the deception and you didn't ask for or, you know, any of it. Mm. And so how you react is how you react. But how I feel is I created all of it. Right? And so mm. really the education part around self-awareness is key to what we do. Um, because accountability is where it starts. You can't, how can you, this goes back to the whole fuckboy thing, right? It's like, I can tell you all. <laughs> it's so funny because I was thinking about that boyfriend again. <laughs> <laughs> and you just said fuckboy right behind my thought. I'm just going to say. <laughs> but anyway, it goes back to. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so what I was saying about the fuckboy. Um, no, yeah, but yeah, like if you don't have the wherewithal to understand those things, then you aren't, you're going to mislead people inadvertently. Mm. And that is then, it's insidious because not, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might not even be inadvertent. You might be misleading them somewhat. Well, and that's but just sinister. With, yeah. You know? <laughs> well, but, but also it may not be. Mm, mm. It may not be. It just may be a function of you not knowing how to be honest with people mm, because mm, you mm. don't know how to be honest with yourself. I appreciate that. You know? Sure. And again, polyamory. Like, I think that sometimes the things that are the ugliest about ourselves that are the most difficult to accept are the most human mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, the most mm -hmm. uh, that we don't talk about. And um, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, this is going into my pillow talk topic. No, so let's, let's do it because in, I got questions. I, I really want to know, like in those moments where you find yourself met with an ugly reality and mm. like, how do you process that? Because it's like, I don't in some way, like my ego wants to say, you did this to me. Mm. But the truth is like, I've walked into this situation and I'm yeah. here now and yeah. I don't like it and I don't mm -hmm. feel good about it. How do I process that? How do I share that? And then how do we move mm -hmm. on? Because you're going to yeah. <laughs> I think I've had to shift my philosophy in life mm -hmm. to really, I read the four agreements, mm -hmm. but great um, <laughs> right, great book. But um, 
I've had to understand that the only thing in this life I own is me, myself, and I. And I don't even really know if I own that half the time. But Mm. what I do know is that whenever there is a conflict, there's always like right and wrong on both sides. Whenever Mm. there's tension, whenever there's pull, there's always there like life is just so complex, nuanced. Nothing is binary. And um, I am self-aware enough at this point in my life to know that I always play a part and a hand in things and that my only responsibility is to overthink and to be um, intentional about that part and that anything outside of that, I really can't spend emotional energy on because either we're going to talk about it and I'm going to understand you better or I just need to come to an understanding like with myself. And and like it's easier said than done because like when I'm not in a good place, when I'm not taking care of myself, it's harder for me to hold that belief with myself. But it has eliminated a lot of anxiety because I'm a very anxious mm, person. Mm, mm. And it's eliminated a lot of that. So talking about coming to closure on your own without receiving it from someone else. That like that's a practice that I, I'm familiar with. It doesn't always feel good. It feels horrible often. Yeah. And honestly, you just putting it that way made me understand that like my father was an alcoholic growing up and there was years of my life where I thought that he was going to die from the disease. And then there were years where I thought it would be better if he died because it wouldn't hurt Mm. as bad. Mm. And the level of acceptance that I had to come to and self-clarity to accept that as my reality. Like, I I think that in a lot of situations, I'm still, like, grappling with that. You know what I mean? Sure. So there's, again, there's, like, lightness and darkness to that where I can be so self-sufficient and accepting of really difficult things. And then there's also, like, pain and sadness. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but we here now. Ooh, and we <laughs> Um, I love how you just pulled that out of me. That was that was cute. Um, Reflection. Right. Oh, full circle moment. <laughs> I just want to make sure that I, I got to all these questions because these are really good questions. Um, By the way, can I just say, like, this has been super dope. Like, I'm trying Yay. to come back. Oh, I, I'm trying to have like a hidden, the hidden episodes. Hey. <laughs> well, we already got we already got some off. We got some of the offline things for the people that want to listen to the for offline sure. things. Sure. Um, okay, so the last question I wanted to ask you was, um, it's a two parter actually. What's something in the work that has surprised you, and what's something that continues to make you happy? surprised you continues to make you happy oh man uh well okay i'll I'll cheat by starting with the last question first what continues to make me happy every day is this is an adventure um and i've really learned to find going back to like i see no one but me like 
meeting someone new in this space is really like rediscovering myself for the first time. If mm. I'm truly able to listen and embrace and understand what they're talking about, mm. because I have to kind of re, I have to, I have to reframe my reality to really understand theirs. And I've heard so many different stories and so many realities like that everything just adds to like, oh my gosh, like, damn, I, I didn't, like, that's crazy. Like, yo, I got to go back and rejug my whole philosophy mm. because I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. And I think that excitement um, for me is, happens every day. Um, and so that, that, that is something that it just excites me, excites me is just like seeing black men collaborate, collectivize, and the energies resonate and just be like, yo, Four years ago, this was a dream, and now we have men in a circle. There's 15 of us talking about this deep shit together, and it's like it just feels so amazing. Mm. Um, so I'm super grateful for that. Uh, and then the first one was what has surprised me? Yeah, what surprised you? <sighs> how much, how much I've learned about the female experience through mm. through dealing with men, mm. um, because I. I the work, I haven't directly dealt with a lot of women, but the work has really reflected a lot of the experience with mm. women. Um, and then having my own experience with, you know, having grown up in, in a, you know, my mother was a single parent. I grew up with my grandmother. I had a sister. And so, mm. like, there was nothing but women around me. My father mm. was absentee. Um, and so I really grew up with, like, a, a non-traditional, I don't know, maybe it's a traditional male background. I don't know. But, like, a really, like, influenced by women. Um, and so to, to then thrust, I think this is kind of like what I needed is like, I created this space cause I you know, had all these women. I had a lot of women friends. I had a lot of girlfriends, all these things, but what I didn't have was men. You know, I didn't have the male figures, the male influences, the real strong male camaraderie. So I built it. And then in building that over the last four years, I've been like, yo, like, nigga, like, I understand what these women be talking about. <laughs> That's the real tea. That's what we want to know. Okay. Like, these nigga, they shit. <laughs> but no, but I, but I, but I say that in jest because I take it personally because I hear when women say these things and then I process it and then I go in and I work with the men and then I'm like, yo. The men are really saying something on one end and the women are really saying something on another end and they're really saying the same thing but from a different perspective. And Right. How do we bridge that yeah. gap? Literally, I feel like that's what I'm trying to do is like I I feel like the this whole journey of this podcast has been me trying to understand how to communicate for myself and then to empower other women to communicate about difficult things and it's not there's not a bridge there's not we really oh my god every week i do adult happy hour in my story i start with definitions i love that and polling and it's just so vast and different and expansive and you just realize we are not all working from the same framework and we have to give each other grace to cross that bridge together right. because i refuse yeah yeah i refuse to believe niggas ain't shit thank you and i refuse to believe it too right and and so like one of the things that we talk about so often is humility 
and you know so many different perspectives around oh they just they want niggas to be humble and they want us to bow our knees and they want us to blah 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 but in the case of like the course that we talk about it's like yo but humility from our perspective is it's giving someone the opportunity to show something show you something new to remove judgment to remove the knowingness of what the outcome will be to pro provide space for the shock and awe of creation mm. right <laughs> um, not showing up with the past to allow for the future kind of mm. thing and really Damn, just, you just did some healing work right there <laughs> that you didn't even know you was doing <laughs> yeah and it's deep because it's like okay even when you talk about the past it's like yo somebody did this shit to me a week ago but the shit was in the past and if I'm truly humble to the idea that, like, yo, this person has the ability to evolve and change and change and change their mind and opinion and show up differently whenever they want to, then I have to be able to be humble to the idea that they can show me that. And if I can't, then I can't give them the space to do it mm -hmm. because I've already made up my mind. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we don't have the ability to grow and to, to experience new feelings mm -hmm. like this. Right? Yeah, definitely. that know-it-allism that oh it, it, it removes our ability to expand ourselves yeah definitely <sighs> Ashe hey. we're gonna get to the last segment now and I had like four questions but I'm gonna do two cause we've been talking but we love talking um, so my favorite segment is called Pillow Talk with Lynn and mm, um, right, so nice. right and literally it's like pull up a pillow let's like chin shelf you know <laughs> just let's get into it um, I have a few questions for you so okay <laughs> I love that my first, my first question is just these questions are ridiculous. Let me just say this to begin with. But I was trying to think about things that like people want to know or like women want to know okay. about men. Okay. And um, to be fair, not only men can be fuckboys. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots of folks can be fuckboys. <laughs> but um, my first question is, okay, so why do guys sometimes and other folks um not like respond or like hit you up in like your text messages or dms but will be the first person to like watch all of your stories on instagram like what's that about oh yeah i mean the answer is ego <laughs> that's the answer right there it cuts both ways because one um oh i love how you silently <laughs> like not silently but you very quickly read me <laughs> It goes both ways. It okay, goes and... both ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Because one, um, uh, they don't want you to feel like they're too available for them, right? It's like, yo, I, I'm she, like, I'm, I'm the prize. She's the fish on the hook, kind of thing. So, sorry, the you know the language, mm. um, and thereby, like, I can't be too available. Right, I gotta keep a distance. I gotta, yeah. And we're up, we're we're. This is part of the game. Like we're taught this shit. Like yo, nigga, nigga, nigga. who is teaching this? <laughs> the, they, yo, it's a different. It's a this. It's a different day this time. It's, it's a different it's not day. Not the same day <laughs> as before. I need to know because I need to pull up on them and be like, what right. are you teaching? For real though, but it's a real day though. Um, but it's like there's rules to the game. I remember, like, yeah, and this day is my cousin. He was like, Yo, you got to be able to move on from a situation in 30 minutes or less. 
Oh my god! Like if, if you harboring ill feelings or you crying and all this thing, you weak. You got to be able to move on and find the next one within thirty minutes of the heartbreak. Oh and and god. these I'm were three things, months in right now. These were things that were told to me, which then mm. signify like, oh well, then I just can't go too deep. Like I got to keep everybody surface level, mm. and I can't give somebody enough power over me to really hurt me. Mm. Right, and so these things were really instilled in you know if it you know not everybody because you know there are certain people who just you know don't get as much play or whatever the case may be is but and and, and or perhaps aren't even interested in those things which is mm. cool but like mm. for the when you're trying to be hip and we're trying to be that nigga and you're trying to be on the football team you're trying to do all these things you got these social influences telling you what must be done in mm. order to be one of these people. Mm. <sighs> And just a lot of people hurt behind a lot of people it, hurt. and you hurting yourself too. That's that's the other thing, right? People don't be realizing, they don't right? Mm-hmm. They don't okay, <laughs> my next pillow talk question for you is: um, <laughs> I'm wondering. Okay, so we actually really did not talk about sexual intimacy like at all. Okay. Really? Okay. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. What is it about the feet for you? Oh my goodness! Who, <laughs> hold up! Wait a minute, y'all got some insider insider information over here. <laughs> y- y'all two degrees of separation, too close. <laughs> you actually mentioned feet twice. I just pay attention. This, this is what I say: women be smarter than men. Right. I mean, like PSA, y'all. Right. Yeah. I pay attention. I heard you. <laughs> Heard you. So let me know. Well, okay. So what is it about the feet? Um, this is actually talking about tran- uh, tran- you know, transcendences. It's been a progression for me because growing up, I really had a thing against feet. Mm. My mother, bless her heart. I love her to death, but she really was just like, she punished me by putting her feet on me all the time and telling me that she wanted me to massage her feet. And it's like, mom, your hairs, your toes are hairy and you got bunions and like all these things. And like as a kid, I was like, ooh. And so like feet were really like a thing for me. Mm. But you know, it was like, for her, it was a joke. It was like, oh, my feet, come take care of my feet. You know? That sounds like torture, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And so growing up, it was like, oh. And then for like the longest time, I never wanted to do anything with feet until like I had an experience with somebody who was like, you know, I was really attracted to, I really care for them. And, you know, they coaxed me into some work with their feet. And then mm. I, I was like, oh, okay. Some work. You know, doing some work on the feet. Okay. You know? <laughs> you was in- <laughs> you know, you know put, some, put some grease on it, you know? And then eventually, you know, it went to curiosity. It was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I actually enjoy pleasing people in ways that are outside of my own pleasure zones. <laughs> yeah, right? Capricorn. And that's then, all Earth signs. Yeah. We love figuring out how people work. For sure. And just getting in there. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one day I got bold and put a toe in my mouth and saw the response that I got. And mm. I was like, oh, I was unknowing. Like, this shit is real. But then after a while, I started recognizing, like, pleasure was a thing that I oftentimes really doled out it was like i'm curious i want to know how it feels for you i want to be able to show you that i'm paying attention i want to give you the things that you like but i realized in return i never really got the opportunity to to share those things and also have the curiosity of people to be the focus on me to be like yo do you like 
these things. Mm. And so I started thinking about it like, yo, I've done some of these things, but I've actually never received some of these things. Mm. And then so the, the the it started as a joke, like, yo, like, yeah, I, I it was a real thing for me to put some toes in my mouth, but mm. how come I've never had anybody put my toes in their mouth, you know? Mm. Like, Still I, haven't? Hold up, let's get to it. Okay, okay. okay. So then I was like, it was a thing. I was like asking niggas, like, yo, have you ever, you ever had your <laughs> feet sucked? And that's how I heard about it, because I heard you ask somebody. <laughs> So I was like, yo, yeah, yeah. but but then the response is like, nah, nigga, you tripping. Like, why would I? Like, I mean, no, but maybe think about it before you judge me. Like, why is it that you never had your you pizza? You were on a mission. Right? I really was. You were because on a mission. Like, I wanted to challenge these people from it the was knee like jerk. A conspiracy theory. Well, the knee jerk response was like, nah, nigga, you tripping. Like, why would, you know, but the, the truth is, why haven't? Is it because you actually don't want it or because you think it's wrong for you or because you never actually felt empowered to ask for it? Mm. Right. And these are the reasons reasons why I'm asking the question mm. and so I started finding that myself like you know what I actually want to experience this mm. and I started saying it and I started asking the questions and you know having the conversations and then lo and behold the reality is opened up for me and so I yes I have had the experience very, very recently. I'm not going to tell nobody. You know, I'm tell on nobody but it was a very intimate moment very intimate. Was it good? Did you it enjoy was, it? And talking about a new experience, it was just something that I had never experienced before. And it was a feeling that I was just like, yo, like, I understand. Yeah. I mm. fucking get it. Mm. And I was like, it was super crazy for me because, like, in the moment of the experience, I was also going through, like, some sadness and some, mm. so, like, emotions started coming out. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm experiencing something new that I've never experienced before. But I'm feeling so low and I'm feeling, like, ecstasy at the same time. And it was just, like, the craziest experience. Mm. And I was like, yo, that's going to be, at the very least, I know something that I remember forever. Yeah. And now I can have the conversation and be like, yo, nigga, you need to get your (laughs) (laughs) If you ain't never done it. But it was really transformational in that experience in the sense that, like, I felt very sensual, very intimate. Like, it was weird for me because I was, like, timid. I was like, oh, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's vul- it's kind of vulnerable. And Hell it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely intimate. It, so I was thinking two things when you were talking. I can't remember the first. But the second is, um, this. so a guy sent me a video. He was like, as part of doing this podcast, sometimes mm-hmm. people will reach out to me and ask me questions. And this particular man reached out to me because him and his wife were like not having sex and he was trying to figure out what was going on. And he told me that he had watched this video of a bukkake. And <laughs> I used to know what that means. I used to know. <laughs> okay, so bukkake, just for those who don't know, is a situation where multiple men are coming yes, on right. or inside of a woman. It's very, art- it's very artful. It is, yes. And he was basically saying that he had watched this video and he was just so into it because the girl was just like commanding everyone and telling mm. them what to do. And it made him realize that he was kind of like missing that, mm. like in his relationship, um, that self-assuredness mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, I have to see this video. Like Curious. send it to me. <laughs> so he sent it to me. <laughs> and when I watched it, 
it was all black men. And the thing that actually struck me the most was that the men were butt ass naked, but they all had their socks and their Jordans on. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, are we that anti-feet that we can't even be in the bukkake with our socks on? No bunion bukkake. Right. Talk about hyper masculinity. <laughs> like, not even just the oh, sneakers. But can't you got even the get socks. can't even get comfortable. Right. Yeah. Damn. He had his Jordan up on the couch as he was, you know. But I, but but I will say something about this though because I've I've shared this thought and this feeling and I am actually very recently had this uh, dialogue around intimacy and like the dichotomy around. How I want, not me in particular, but like how men really like the lasciviousness, like the the lustfulness. Yeah. The, yes. But then they don't want to associate that with what they experience as the wholesome, the wife, the yes, yeah. Know, but they want both. Yeah. And they just don't allow the idea that it's fluid enough to have both. Yeah. You know what I mean? The thing that I, this is getting really deep, but the thing that I know really fucks men up with me sometimes is that I look so angelic and then I will yeah. literally like swallow your whole entire dick and wink I love in your girl. eyes at the same time that I am balls deep. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know what? And a lot of guys are like, oh, I don't even know what to do, what with, to that. do with that. Because it's a new experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, like, seriously like when like there like as again i'm 38 years old and i say only i say that only to provide context because you mentioned that i'm attractive i've had a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and i've had also a lot of experience in turning people down but when when (sighs) when when you have that combination of a lot of experience a lot of experience and a lot of discernment it's like rare when you're like finding something that gives you that oh wow i've never felt like this before yeah right yeah and so when you find that it's like yo (laughs) like i'm imprinted on right now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah mm -hmm. that that could be our topic for next time because I feel like we could go into a whole diatribe about, especially now that I'm an older woman and I know what I know and I like what I like. Right. And now I can do what I do. And that shit sucks. <laughs> right. And the self-assuredness of being on this side of things versus trying to figure it out in the 20s. Like, it's so, it's it's different. It's like, very yeah, different. Like, show me some. I'm gonna show you some. Like we we gonna show each other. We gonna some show each other something. <laughs> Just a little something. <laughs> well, well. Um, right. <laughs> um, we can continue talking, but I'm gonna like officially sign off. Um, thank you, Denzel, so much for being here. It's always a wonderful conversation with you, and uh, it's it's interesting. I. I'm feeling healed in many mm. ways after listening to your perspective. And um, yeah, I just know that uh, you're wonderful. The space you create is, wow, look at that. Look at that full circle. The space you create is so wonderful. <laughs> I like what you did right, right there. <laughs> I didn't even do it on purpose. And um, 
yeah, I appreciate you. Oh Thanks for being goodness. here. The the reflection, the pleasure, all of it is mine. Like I'm sitting here, I'm warm. I'm like, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling myself right now. I'm like, you. This environment has been so uplifting. Thank like just to you. be vulnerable, to be, and to learn so much. Like the mm. offline episodes, the online episodes. I'm like, yo, I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> Brianna's gonna have fun editing. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Yes, please have me again. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for tuning in to Adult Happy Hour. And uh, we will see you for our next episode. Bye. Yay, yay.